Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We want to help you with your mission, so please visit paragonmarketinggroup.com to see how we can help. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. It is a blessing to have you here today. I am the Founder of C-Suite for Christ, Paul M. Newberger. Very excited to have this conversation with you today because our guest is going to be Rob Brown. Rob is a member of C-Suite for Christ. He's also a commercial real estate specialist at Arizona Elite Commercial Real Estate. One of my favorite people in the entire organization, and I believe you're going to see why here momentarily. But before we start to unpack what I want to discuss here today, I just want to invite you to seriously consider joining our community. We are a community of Christian executives from all over the world, and our stated goal is to cover the world in Christ. There have been too many quiet Christians for far too long, and if you're one of them, I don't blame you. I'm not here to cast blame. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I think the world does a good enough job of that already. We're, we're told that we offend people when we talk. We have to be mindful of political correctness. We have to be mindful of other people's viewpoints. We've got cancel culture to some degree to contend with. And I understand why Christians in mass are quiet, but that has created a void and voids don't stay empty for long. Other things come in to fill those voids and you see where society is today. So what we try to do here with the C-Suite for Christ organization is we try to push back against what's going on in society. We are unapologetic lovers of the Lord, and we'd love for you to join us. So check out our website, csuiteforchrist.com. I don't really care what you do. Just do something. Maybe become an official member of our organization, attend one of our monthly gatherings, uh, join us for one of our twice-weekly Coffee in Christ uh, virtual fellowship events. Check us out on social media. Share this podcast with people that you care about. But whatever you do, do something. And together with your assistance, we will cover the world in Christ. I want to talk a little bit about voices here today. And uh, I guess this is probably something that I think about on a regular basis because I'm using my voice almost 24 hours a day, you know, being the host of this podcast. I've got a radio show, television show international keynote speaker, the list goes on and on and on. Plus, my, my wife tells me that even in the middle of the night, I'm talking nonstop. I want to just start this conversation about voices because we are always dealing with competing voices, always. Sometimes those voices are external. Sometimes those voices are internal. Sometimes other people hear those voices as well. Sometimes we're the only people that hear these voices. But we, we need to really kind of unpack this if we're going to leave, if we're going to basically live our best life and make sure that we're doing our part 
to cover the world in Christ. And, and sometimes this can be tough. Sometimes this can be confusing. Sometimes this can be a challenge because this is a noisy world. This world is full of confusion. People love to shout at us. You've, you've, you've got noise coming from all these different areas, all these voices hitting us at once, like we said, and those are just the external voices. What about the internal voices? Sometimes it can be enough just to get through the day, let alone then try to decipher which voice do I listen to? Where are they coming from? Which ones are in my best interest? How do I move forward? Voices. And as Christians trying to make our way in the world, it's very important for us to listen to certain voices over others. And I've had to learn this the hard way over the course of my life. Now, we all do really stupid stuff when we're young. What do we know about the world when we're young? Uh, we're, we're, we're just starting to learn right from wrong. We're, we're starting to get these newfound freedoms. We have these new opportunities. You've got these people that come into your life. It's, it's, it's a very interesting time to be alive when you're young, to say the least. And we all make mistakes. And one of the, the things that I, especially on this topic of voices, nothing that I'm about to say in the next couple of minutes is anything at all that I'm proud of, but, but I, I do believe it kind of sets the stage for the conversation that we want to have here today. You see, when I was in grade school, and I'm talking about third grade, fourth grade, there was a girl in my class. Her name was Susan, and I'm just going to leave it at that. You're going to find out why for obvious reasons here in a minute, but her name was Susan, and Susan was one of those kids in our class that everybody picked on. And if, if you go back to, to grade school, if you go back to, to your time and third grade, fourth grade, heck, maybe a little bit older. Maybe you remember that kid, that person, or those couple of people that for whatever reason, everybody picked on. For whatever reason, they were the uncool kids. For whatever reason, they could do nothing right. For whatever reason, they brought other people together because they made fun of them. And Susan was that person. To make it worse for me is Susan had a crush on me. And she would tell all of her friends about that. Well, I guess that that's what I would call to some degree guilt by association. I'm not Susan, but I would get picked on almost just as much as Susan would because I was Susan's crush. I was Susan's love interest. I was the person that she talked about on a regular basis. And I mean, she was a nice enough person, but gosh, when you're in third grade, fourth grade, whatever the case may be, you want to fit in. You want to be accepted. You want to be popular. You want to have a lot of friends. Well, Susan was like a lead weight on my ankle that was keeping me from making these friends. People would pick on me accordingly. Well, there was a situation at one point where, where some of these kids wanted to basically show Susan how much they appreciated her. And I say that sarcastically. And they wanted her to, to, to be conveniently on this place of the playground uh, during school one day. But, you know, because everybody else picked on Susan so much, well, she wouldn't listen to anybody else. Everybody else is an enemy. Everybody else is uh, somebody that doesn't like her too much. Why would she trust anybody else in the school based on how many times they picked on her up to that point? I got it. Let's use Paul. She likes Paul. She's got a crush on Paul. She would love to have a relationship with Paul. Let's use Paul as bait so we can get her to this part of the, play the playground. We can pick on her. We can do all the things that we want to do. And I had these voices in my ear for several days. Paul, lure Susan out here. Paul, get Susan to come out here. Paul, come on. 
do what you can to have Susan be in this part of the playground at this part of the day. And, and I'll be honest, it just didn't feel right. I'm not a perfect person, but I was raised correctly growing up. No, I'm not going to lure her out here. No, I'm not going to bring her out here. No, I'm not going to, you know, try to say whatever I can to earn her trust just to betray her like that. But I'll tell you, these voices got very strong. These voices got very popular. These were coming from the cool kids. These were coming from the popular kids. Some of the girls I liked were saying some of these things. Some of the, the, the boys I wanted to be like were saying these things. Come on, Paul, we'll be your friend. Come on, Paul. You'll be our hero. Come on, Paul. We'll hang out with you. Come on, Paul. You can sit with us at lunch. Voices, 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 voices. I knew it was wrong. But these voices wore me down. I knew I shouldn't do it. But these voices overpowered me. I knew at the end of the day what they wanted me to do was a betrayal of Susan's trust. But I kind of wanted to curry favor with these people. I wanted to be the cool kid. So I did it. I don't remember all the details necessarily, but I found Susan, told her I wanted to hang out with her. She was excited. I said, well, why don't we meet at this portion of the playground at recess? She did. And uh, just so happened that some of the other kids were there and uh, it, it turned into a Susan pick on fest. And I felt disgusted. I still do about uh, what I did that day and how I how I handled that situation. Maybe there's something that you regret. Maybe you regret calling a kid some names. Maybe you regret your role in some of these grade school hijinks or whatever the case may be. That is one of my biggest regrets. The fact that I had a good moral compass and I listened to these voices. The fact that I knew this was wrong, but I let these people talk me into this. And it's something that I have to live with today. Again, nothing terrible happened to her, but, but she was subjected to people making fun of her for the next 10 or 15 minutes or so. It's these voices that pull us in these different directions. It's these voices that appeal to us in a lot of different areas. And we as Christians have to face this on an ongoing, regular basis. What do we do? What do we listen to? What direction do we go in? And how do we make sure that we're doing the right thing more often than not? Thankfully, Scripture talks about this. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It's tough to go through this life as a Christian because there's competing voices all the time, and some of these voices are getting louder and louder and louder. What society is telling us is fundamentally different than what scripture is telling us. But we live in this world. To some degree, we're people pleasers. To some degree, we want to be happy. To some degree, we want to enjoy what other people are enjoying. To some degree, we want to experience certain things. And this world is very, very good at telling us what we should like, what we should do, what we should value, what we should prioritize, 
what we should put on a pedestal. And when you look at the state of society today, these voices not only are getting louder, these voices are leading us more and more in the wrong direction. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? You've really got two voices to listen to, the voice of society or the voice of truth. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're always going to make the right decision, but all day, every day, listen to what some of the things that society is telling us. It's okay to get a divorce. It's okay to commit adultery. It's okay to bend the rules a little bit. It's okay to cheat to get ahead. It's okay to lie. It's okay to abort a baby. It's okay to be married to somebody else of the same sex. It's okay to have an eight-year-old son who suddenly wants to be a girl. Society is telling us to accept all of these things. And if we don't accept these things, what does society say about us? Oh, you're a homophobe. Oh, you're a racist. Oh, you're a bigot. Oh, you're somebody that exercises zero degree of tolerance. Shame on you. These voices are ever-present. These voices are getting louder. These voices are constantly in our ear. And if we allow these voices, if we give these voices a foothold, if they start to take effect, if these voices start to have a root system, even a shallow root system, it's going to start leading us down the wrong path. Which voice are we going to listen to? The voice that appeals to our flesh or the voice that appeals to our soul? It's easy to get caught up in these things. I mean, flesh, lust, desire, pleasure, selfishness, ego, Things that you want now, things that are going to make you feel good now, things that are going to make you fit in with everybody else. It's very tough to ignore these voices. But this is what scripture warned us about. Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. This world is going to try to deceive you. It's okay to engage in this behavior. It's okay to act in this manner. It's okay to treat people this way. It's okay to conduct your life in this manner. No, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. What are we doing this for? This world, this is going to sound kind of contrary to popular belief. We're not, the purpose of this life is not to be happy. The purpose of this life is not to achieve material possessions. The purpose of this life is not to make a name for ourselves. The purpose of this life is not to necessarily even leave a legacy. The purpose of this life is not to have this name recognition and experience all these great things. The purpose of this life is not to be free of pain. Those are all the things that this world will tell you that we're supposed to be doing. The purpose of this life 
is to not tell the world who we are, but to tell the world whose we are so that we too will inherit the kingdom of God. But God does not speak in a roar. This is in scripture. God speaks in a whisper. It's hard to hear his voice. When God speaks to us, I believe it's not so much verbal speaking. God speaks to us through the circumstances in our life. Are you listening? Are you watching? Are you looking? Are you obeying? The voices of this world love to shout. The voices of this world love to yell. The voices of this world love to be in your face. The voices of this world love to raise the decibel level, and they are very aggressive in sharing their thoughts and opinions with us, and they're going to try to appeal to our flesh. They're going to try to appeal to our human nature. Hard to ignore those voices, hard to quiet those voices, hard to go in the opposite direction of those voices. But God, not only does he speak in a whisper, not only is God's voice not nearly as loud as society's voice, but God's voice is way more important. What are we doing this life for? We're doing this life to inherit the kingdom of God. It's going to be tempting to listen to those voices. It's going to be tempting to cave. It's going to be tempting to bow to pressure. It's going to be tempting to cave to the immediate pleasure, the immediate feeling, the immediate gratification, the immediate instant joy that we may feel temporarily by giving into some of those voices. But we need to understand that we're running this race to inherit the kingdom of God. And if we listen to any of these other voices, they're going to knock us off that path. Just think about your life right now. Which voices are you listening to? Are you in a situation where life is heavy? Are you in a situation where you've gone off the rails? Are you in a season that is a little bit difficult? Is life a little bit more challenging? And if the answer is yes to any of those questions, I would just ask you, which voices are you listening to? Because we also have those internal voices in our brain that are telling us, you're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You're not successful enough. You're not smart enough. You're going to fail. You might as well not even get out of bed today. I deal with those voices every single day. I've suffered from anxiety, depression, OCD. It's tough to quiet those voices. Sometimes we don't have a choice about the voices that come into our lives. I didn't have a choice when I was in grade school that these individuals picked me to lure Susan or these individuals tried to sell me on luring Susan or the offers that they made me to get Susan to that part of the play, that portion of the playground. I didn't have a choice in that regard, but I did have a choice of what voice that I should listen to. And deep down, there was that voice that was telling me, Paul, this is stupid. Paul, you're going to disappoint your parents. Paul, Susan is a person deserving respect. Paul, this is morally, ethically wrong. And even though I listened to those voices for a couple of days, these louder, more powerful voices that appealed to my flesh, that appealed to my vanity that appealed to some of the areas that I had that I wasn't overly confident of myself on, those voices won. And I've been living with that regret ever since. Unlike Susan, however, the stakes are higher 
in this case. We're talking about inheriting the kingdom of God. Do you think society, for the most part, wants us to inherit the kingdom of God? Do you think evil forces want us to inherit the kingdom of God? Do you think non-believers want us to inherit the kingdom of God? Do you think people that engage in sin on a regular basis, unapologetically, want us to inherit the kingdom of God? The answer is no, of course not. And believe me, all those promises that those people made me, those quote-unquote friends, for me to lure Susan to that portion of the playground, they didn't fulfill any of those promises. I didn't become their friend. I wasn't eating lunch with them on a regular basis. I didn't feel cool. They didn't give me any gifts. They discarded me as soon as my usefulness to them was over. The world feels the same way about you. Lots of voices out there. But what voice are we going to listen to? The voice of this world or the voice of truth? Because we are talking about inheriting the kingdom of God. And nothing could be more important than that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the guilty, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Listen to the voice of truth. Listen to the voice of reason. Listen to the voice of your heavenly father. And not only will you live a high quality life, yours too will be the kingdom of God. We're going to take a very short break, and then we're going to be back with Rob Brown. Again, Rob is a member of C-Suite for Christ. He is a commercial real estate specialist with Arizona Elite Commercial Real Estate. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. Don't go anywhere. Right here, C-Suite for Christ podcast. All right. Well, once again, thank you for joining us here on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. And again, you've heard me, if you've heard me say this once, you've heard me say this a million times. It's our goal to cover the world in Christ. That ain't just a bumper sticker. That's not just something cool to wear on a t-shirt. But I'll tell you, it is a lot easier said than done. We're in a society right now that doesn't necessarily put Christ first. When you just read the news, when you go on social media, When you see the state of politics today, both nationally and locally, sometimes it just makes you scratch your head. Where the heck are we going as a society? We are trying to do everything that we can to cover the world in Christ. And part of the reason that you're seeing what you're seeing in society today is there's been a void. And what I mean by a void is there's just a ton of Christian individuals, a ton of Christian executives that are maybe just being a little bit quiet, that are maybe just sitting on the sideline, that maybe aren't throwing their voice in the arena. Well, it's through a podcast like this where that stops. And if you want to join our movement, we're stronger together. We cannot do this without you. Go to our website, csuiteforchrist.com. Become a member. Go to a monthly gathering. Join one of our ministries. Go to our YouTube channel, but just do something. Somebody who is doing something, is Rob Brown. Rob is a commercial real estate specialist at a wonderful organization called Arizona Elite. 
He's a member of C-Suite for Christ. I cannot begin to tell you how much I love this knucklehead. Rob Brown, welcome to the program, brother. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Well, let's get right after it because we've got a lot to unpack and only about 15 minutes to unpack it. So, Rob, as you know, our theme today comes straight from Scripture. And the verse that uh, we're unpacking is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. There's a lot of heavy stuff there, Rob Brown. What does 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10 mean to you specifically? Hey, Paul, thank you again. Um, I will tell you that verse, um, while I had become a Christian, uh, went through some trials and tribulations for several years, um, and I woke up one morning, found my way into church. Um, it was a, a visiting church. It was just happened to be where I was close to that day. And that was the, that was the message. And it hit me right between the eyes. It was, it just absolutely powerful. It was, I was new that verse as being the homosexual verse. Like that was, that was where, you know, Paul was calling out the homosexuals and that, but as he listed through all of those things, uh, I, I've done most of those things. I, you know, I was a drunkard. I was, you know, I was gambling. I was living, even though I was a Christian, I was not living a very pure life in that. So that just, man, it hit me. And I kind of feel like that's really where we're at today in the world. You know, the hypocritical nature that people call Christians out for uh, quite often. And, and we're all guilty of it, um, you know, if these things are there. But the thing that, that I found most powerful about it, Paul, was that, it, it was Paul, or, uh, the Apostle Paul saying that, you know, a sin is a sin is a sin. There's not necessarily one that's better or worse than any other. Well, you can forgive this one, but you can't forgive this one. It's a sin, period. And that was what hit me right between the eyes. Well, and that is a powerful message to get hit between the eyes with. And, and I would say one that, quite frankly, more people need to get hit upside the head with. And you know, one of the things that, that I believe, Rob, if you kind of just look around at the state of society today, I mean, you, you hear talk constantly about the need to accept others. We need to be okay with the lifestyle of others. If, if this man wants to sleep with a man, that's fine. If this woman wants to marry a woman, that's fine. If this nine-year-old boy suddenly wants to become a nine-year-old girl, that's fine. You hear all of this talk about acceptance, all of this talk about how we have to be okay with the lifestyles that people choose. But is there enough talk about sin? Is there enough talk about the dangers of sin? Or is that being unnecessarily stifled for some reason? No, I, and I, I don't believe that there is enough talk at all about sin in the world. I feel like, um, you know, when you look at the book of Revelations, you see a lot of these things coming true. And, you know, you've heard it said one of the things, one of the greatest tricks that the enemy has ever done is convince the world that he doesn't exist. Um, I believe politicians and those people that say 
you know, no, we have to look the other way and it's okay. We have to just accept people. And I believe that. I believe that we have to accept people because that's what Jesus did. Jesus accepted everyone and he loved everyone, but he never stopped sharing his message. And I feel like that's what we're called to do. So yes, I have to, I have to love you and I do love you, but it doesn't mean I have to love your sin. And I feel like we have to not be afraid to call those moments out. And God will, God talks, talks to us um, in those moments that, you know, he wants us to call that, not necessarily call that person out, but call out the sin. Yeah, I would agree. And one of the things that I have found, and maybe you can relate to this, Rob, and as the founder of C-Suite for Christ, maybe some people think this should be easier for me. Maybe people think that I've got some kind of an instruction manual that uh, answers a lot of these questions. But Man, I, I, I struggle with this a lot. Just when you, when you look at the state of society today, I would say it, it's getting harder and harder for a Christian to endure. You know, you, you talk about running the race, and then when God calls us to our heavenly home, well done, my good and faithful servant. It, boy, speaking only for myself, I mean, gosh, when, when you turn on the television or one of these streaming services, I mean, the, the, the raunchy sex scenes, the swear words, well, when you see pretty much everything in culture, gosh, you, you turn on social media, this stuff is all in your face. This stuff is getting more and more aggressive. This stuff is planting seeds in your brain, which from time to time can make it a little bit tougher to focus on God, can make it a little bit tougher to focus on the Christian way, especially when Christianity is under attack at the rate that it is in society Today, So I'm not saying that you have all the answers, Rob. I, I know you're just like all of us. You put your pants on one leg at a time. You struggle. You have your moments. But in, in, in the perspective that society is getting worse and worse in this regard, how have you found that someone can continue to stay anchored in Christ despite all of these storms constantly swirling around us? You know, Again, Paul, it, it, for me, it's it's prayer. It's my prayer time. Um, I, you know, the I that, I believe that that's uh, you know people they want to hear, and I apologize. I'm, I'm trying to find the right words to to phrase this. I, I believe people say, okay, when I pray, I don't hear God um, because they're expecting you know almost an audible voice coming back. And I believe God He talks to us, of course, through the Holy Spirit, and He does talk to us. He does communicate with us. Um, through it either be conviction he communicates to me a lot through my through my dreams um, it'll be uh, something I, I I joke around a lot about I know we all do is you'll have your phone sitting on the the table and you'll say something you're talking to your friend or you know somebody that's in the room with you and all of a sudden your phone will will pull up Google and it'll try to answer um, whatever it is you're talking about because our phones are listening to us and we all joke about it but I believe God's kind of that same way. Like he hears and he knows all those conversations and he knows those moments that are going on in your daily life. And he knows your temptations. And when we ask him and in our prayer time to, to give us the strength, it, for me, like I said, it's in my dreams and for everybody, it's different. I don't, I don't want to say, Oh, well, God, you know, tells me this in my dreams because he doesn't, it's just, I'll have a dream about something that I've been praying about and, to me, it's very clear that this is God talking to me at that moment. Um, I, you and I talking, 
on on the telephone or on the podcast here that God is, you know, he's, he's putting something in my head or in my heart that needs to be said. And it doesn't always make sense at that particular moment and to us in a worldly sense, but it makes sense for the conversation. And so that's how I find that. And that's actually strengthened my faith uh, even more, so, which has given me, you know, more conviction to, to get out there and, and to make it through this world. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things that I believe in my life, and I believe, as you said, Rob, there's no right or wrong answer. God speaks to all of us differently. But I believe that at least in relation to me, God speaks to me through my life circumstances. That random person that I bumped into, that's God. The random opportunity that just presented itself, that's God. I'm not going to hear an audible voice, but I am going to see life circumstances. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, taking my daughter, Reagan. I picked her up from karate, had a little bit of free time. And, and for me to get one-on-one time with my four-year-old daughter doesn't necessarily happen all the time. So I took her to one of our favorite restaurants, the China Buffet. Don't even get me started on the China Buffet. I love it. <laughs> and uh, as we always do, we pray in public. And Reagan loves to pray. And one of the first words out of her mouth were, thank you, God, for my best friend, Daddy. And then she reached up and she just gently stroked my face. Well, that was perfect because I was pretty down in the dumps that day. I felt like I wasn't producing. I felt like I wasn't performing. I've got those voices in my head saying, you're not good enough. And I thought that was God's way of saying, no, look, you're, you're, you're making an impact on this beautiful baby girl. So whether it's through your dreams, whether it's through life circumstance, God is always talking. And speaking of talking, Rob, society does a lot of talking. And society likes to label us as Christians as bigots. You know, ah, come on. You're not accepting people's lifestyle. Come on. Why can't you just let these people love each other? Why can't you let these people do whatever makes them happy? But what a lot of non-Christians really don't understand is we're doing this because we love them. We want you to change your ways because we love you. We want you to stop living a life of sin because we love you. So, Rob, how, how have you found that if, if, if someone sees a person that they know, a person that they love living a life of sin, how can they start the process of approaching them and having a conversation with them in a loving way? Uh, great question. Um, I think, you know, again, it kind of turned to, to the Bible in the way, not only that Jesus did it, obviously that's first and foremost, but we kind of look at some of the ways that some of the apostles approach people and, you know, sometimes it's it's through developing a relationship with them. Sometimes it's, uh, but they need to know that that we're there as out of out of our hearts. It's it's our hearts. It's it's the Holy Spirit that's leading us there. We're not there to confront you. We're not there to condemn you. Um, once again, you know, Paul says no. You know, there's no condemnation in, in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's one of the most powerful verses ever uh, for me in my life. Is that, you know, yes, there are things that we have to be convicted of and there are things that we have to face in our life. And I think that's where society says, ah, don't worry about it. It's, you know, we don't have to convict those things. It's just forget about it. We move on past it. But Jesus, you know, God doesn't want that for us. Um, and when we approach people, it's kind of like when you're talking politics, everybody is so abrasive about it. And I shouldn't say everybody, but people have become so abrasive and so hard headed and, you know, Trump lovers love Trump lovers and Biden lovers love Biden lovers and there's no mixing in it. No, we need to have a conversation and it needs to be approached in a very non-confrontational kind of way. 
that's the way Jesus did it. He came at those that, you know, he didn't shy away from the sinners. He came at them with love um, and had those conversations. And when he, you know, when things changed for me in my life, um, that's exactly what happened. It was God saying, no, look, this, this wasn't a confrontation. I did this because I love you. And this is the way, uh, this is what I want for you. Um, and this is how I want to use you in my, my army, so to speak, in the world today. Um, your and I very first conversation was kind of approached from the same way. Yeah, and that's some some good advice. And I and I believe that anybody today who who just feels that society as a whole is not anti-Christian to some degree just probably really isn't paying all that close of attention. Now, again, I'm painting with a broad brush. I mean, not everybody obviously is like this, but when you look at politics, when you look at uh, certain big corporations, big tech, you know, some of these streaming services, I mean, I mean there's an obvious anti-Christian bent, the mainstream media in particular. Why do you feel, Rob, that there's this bias against people of the Christian faith? What did we ever do to, to kind of draw the ire of so many entities in society? Uh, wow. Uh, I, and yeah, you're, I agree with you 150%. If you're not, if you don't see that, you're not paying attention or you've got your head buried elsewhere. Like there needs to be further questions that you need to ask in, in prayer time and, uh, and ask the spirit to guide you with those and, and make those things uh, clear to you because that definitely is happening in the world. But I feel like, you know, even during Jesus' times, you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they lashed out against him. And it wasn't, I don't feel like it was because they necessarily hated him, but he hated that he spoke the truth. And that's what I feel like today. Um, you know, they don't, the world and society in general, they don't like us because we speak the truth. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm the truth. I'm the way, I'm the light. You know, it's, Muhammad didn't say that. Confucius didn't say that. I mean, nobody else has ever said, I am the way. Nobody has said that. Jesus said that because he is the son of God, because he is the way. Um, it's very clear, but for us to say that and to say that, it sounds like we're being judged by all when it could not be more opposite. No, we, we want this for the world. We're, we're saying this because we love you and we want this for, you know, we want the, he we want the heavens to be full. And that's exactly what we're called to do. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, being the founder of this organization, although it's a blessing, although I, I greatly enjoy serving alongside people like you, Rob, and the work that we do, it's not easy. I mean, boy, I'm, a, I'm attacked on social media every single day. There's, there, there's people that have their opinions about me. There's people that have their opinions about our group. There's... You know, I've had several posts taken down off of the various social media platforms. If I wanted an easy job, this isn't it. If I wanted an easy life, this isn't it. But this is what we're called to do. I don't have the luxury of sitting on the sidelines. I don't have the luxury of being quiet. We are called, according to the Great Commission, to bring other people to God. And one of the ways we do that is to call out the rampant sin in the world, which is what we're talking about here today. And this conversation, as usual, Brother Rob, every single time you and I talk, it just lickety-split zips by. So we've only got about two minutes left. So 
about 120 seconds or less. Answer me this question. And I, and I know we've heard this analogy a lot in a variety of different circumstances through life. It's like if you take the frog in the pot, right? If you, if you put a frog in a pot of water and you slowly start to boil it, the frog is going to boil to death because it can't discern the temperature difference. It doesn't realize it's really hot and it dies. Whereas if you take the frog and you throw it into a pot that's already boiling, it goes, yikes, this is really hot. I'm going to bounce out of here. I, I, I kind of look at sin in our lives fairly similarly. I mean, sin has a way of slowly creeping into our lives. I'm going to look at this thing on the internet. No big deal. It's not hurting anybody. I'm going to lust over that man or woman. No big deal. I'm going to cheat my business partner slightly. No big deal. Sin has a way of slowly creeping into our lives. And sometimes it's so subtle that many of us don't even notice it. In your opinion, and I know everybody's a little bit different, but what are a few warning signs that sin might be starting to get the best of us? Oh, great analogy. Um, it's, you know, I think the, the Holy Spirit within us, you know, when we're in our our prayer time, the Holy Spirit will convict us. Um, and those, you know, that's the conscience. That's that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, hey, this is not what what you think it is, or maybe you need to look at this a different way or whatever it is. But I think, you know, we just kind of need to start listening to that inner voice. Um, I think most of us were trained uh, from a very early age not to listen to our gut. And but that gut, I believe, is the Holy Spirit. That gut is God talking to us in a lot of different ways. Um, we're given that gift for a reason, and and particularly talking to you know friends and other Christians about those things. You know, hey, this is kind of what I heard. What do you think? What what's your you know approach it from a loving standpoint, um, not in a confrontational way, but you know this is this is what's happening in my life. What do you think? What you know, we all have those people. Sometimes it's hard to trust other people in that way because we don't know what the reaction is going to be. But we have to trust that God leads us to the to the right person for those moments. Well, and again, it's been a blessing to unpack 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is important stuff. If you want soft Christianity, you've come to the wrong place. But if you want Christianity that tells it like it is, that stands on the truth and asks convicting questions, the C-Suite for Christ podcast and the C-Suite for Christ ministry is the best place to go. Rob Brown, Rob, a member of C-Suite for Christ. He's a commercial real estate agent or commercial real estate specialist at Arizona Elite. Rob, it's a blessing to know you. It's a blessing to have you in this organization. And thank you for sharing your words of wisdom with us today. We really appreciate it, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you again, Paul. Thanks for having me on and God bless. I mean, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You're listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast and we'll be right back. Well, I got to tell you, this is the uh, the part of the podcast that I look forward to the least as we get ready to say goodbye. First and foremost, just want to thank my brother in Christ, Rob Brown, once again. Just love that guy. What a, what a fountain of wisdom he is. He is on fire for the Lord, and he is a blessing to the C-Suite for Christ organization, to say the least. But again, what I really just want you to take away from this conversation is the word 
voices. And I really just want you to stop and think because we are inundated with voices all day, every day. External voices, societal voices, voices from our family, voices from our bosses, voices from our neighbors, our coworkers, our colleagues, social media voices. And then we also have the internal voices. And sometimes those internal voices are the most damaging of all. You're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You're not special enough. You're going to fail. You suck. All day, every day, we're inundated with voices. And I will go so far as to say we can't necessarily control the voices that come our way. You didn't necessarily pick your boss. You didn't necessarily choose your spouse to say those things to you today. You obviously didn't necessarily want these bad thoughts running through your head today that are leading to doubt, depression, anxiety, whatever the case may be. You can't necessarily control the voices in your life, but you darn well can control what voices you listen to. And all I want you to remember is that our God is a God of love, patience, acceptance, forgiveness, grace, mercy, a God of encouragement. Any voice that goes against that is not a voice that comes from God. Maybe it's a voice that comes from society. We know society doesn't necessarily put God first. Maybe there's some mental attacks going on in your mind today. Those voices are not from God. It can be tough to resist those voices, but you must. It can be tough to push back against those voices, but you must. Because society is going to try to trap you in a bunch of snares. Your mind, especially if it's a spiritual attack, is going to try to trap you in all of these snares. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, warn us of this. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. If society tells you it's okay to sleep around, that is not the voice of God. Don't listen to it. If society tells you it's okay to have sex with members of the same sex, don't listen to it. That is not the voice of God. You can steal. You can be greedy. Go ahead. Have a couple of extra drinks. Go ahead. Lie. Cheat. Those, that is not the voice of God. And if that's the voice that you listen to, if that's the voice that sucks you in, if that's the voice that wins the day, the stakes are very high. We're talking about inheriting the kingdom of God. I, I know this isn't going to be easy, but nothing is more important. Are you listening to the voice of society? Are you listening to those voices in your head that are telling you you're not good enough? Or are you listening to the voice of truth? Because the voice of truth will tell you that you're loved. The voice of truth will encourage you. The voice of truth will tell you that you're forgiven, that you're special, that you're perfect the way that you are. The voice of truth will tell you that you're accepted, that you're cherished. The voice of truth will steer you to the kingdom of God. And it's my prayer for you today that we can keep this front and center because our thoughts dictate our emotions. Which voice are you listening to? And if it's not the voice of truth, if it's not the voice of God, if it's not the voice of our heavenly father, let's rectify that situation before it's too late. If you want more engaging content like this, check out our website, csuiteforchrist.com. 
It'd be a blessing to get you involved in our Christian community. We're stronger together, and one day at a time, we will continue to cover the world in Christ. I'm Paul M. Newberger, founder of C-Suite for Christ, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here. I won't forget you, no, 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 no. I won't forget you. You're like one of a kind and my eyes light up when I think about you.